For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19. We want to thank our sponsor, Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. I want to welcome Anna Craffy Pierce. I'm always so happy when we co-host. I am so glad to be here. I'm actually reorganizing my piles of books. I'm putting them in categories. <laughs> We may not be able to get any good information if you're listening in. Anna may be totally distracted today because she loves her books so much. And she has a really big uh, bookshelf. Anna, I got over here without my dyslexia book. And we're going to be talking a little bit about dyslexia today and how kids can have creative wiring. They can even be predisposed to not like reading. And you and I just don't think that matters a bit, do we? No, because... The thing is, reading it, reading can be driven by just enjoying to read. But for most of us, even those of us who it comes naturally to and it's easy for, it's driven by something else, like the story or the information, like like um, an instruction manual, where the goal is not the reading itself. It's what you get out of it. And so for a kid with dyslexia or dysgraphia or any of those different ways of perceiving information, there's lots of ways to get the information and often if you find the thing the kid loves the struggle's worth it well I think it's so interesting because um so I want to talk a little bit about perseverance today I don't even know where to begin we have so much to say but I want to start with a personal story and ask you a personal question so I think I mean we have eight grandchildren now and uh three kids and when you, you were our first of that whole generation of our children and looking back, because later we had kids that we knew for sure they got diagnosed. We knew they were dyslexic, but uh, at least one of those group of people was dyslexic for sure. And then we started all throughout the family going, well, I think I'm dyslexic. I think I am. And so looking back, I really believe, I remember looking up at my first grade teacher and telling her, I'll never be able to read. This is not going to work for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember you had a hard time learning to read. So I want to throw that out there in case there's any moms listening and they have little ones and they think, oh no, my child's dyslexic. This will never work. Fortunately, all the people in our family already know how to read and well, maybe not the little ones because they're too young for it yet. But all of us who look back now, we think we're probably dyslexic. We never knew. 
And some of it was pretty severe. So we've learned a lot about dyslexia since then, but we didn't know it when we started out and our parents never diagnosed us. Both Dave and I suspect we have a little bit of dyslexia. And that's probably how it kept coming down the chain, you know. So tell me, you, here's my personal question. Do you look back and think you were probably dyslexic? I don't know if I would be diagnosably dyslexic. And now I'm so spatially aware because of all the art training that yeah. I don't know if I can honestly take a test and be tested accurately because I'm also a very uh. good test taker. But um, I, I, and I actually ask students, like if I, if a student says in front of me that they're dyslexic or dysgraphic and they have a diagnosis, I'll actually, uh, in the art room, I'll start noticing about their spatial awareness because I wonder if uh -huh. there's a tie there. Because if you tell me to spell something, I'll struggle. Often I'll misread words because I can, I have a great vocabulary. I can insert another word that has similar meaning in the same space and it's the same shape. So I yeah. read very much by shape, not line. And, yeah. and I have a theory about that. I can draw a building upside down. Like if you give me a, a I'm very spatially aware. So I think all the letters fit into three different or four different shapes, um, a oh. tall rectangle, a, a square, and then a long skinny rectangle. And you can turn those shapes in different uh, to, on their sides, but it's really just like three or four shapes that they all fit into. And I think I read by shape, not line. And wow. so like an M and a W are the same. They take up the same amount of space. So, <laughs> so I can write words backwards it, I, just as easy as forwards. <laughs> I want to just say this. But if you're listening right. in, uh, and you're thinking, wow, she's probably a genius. Uh, Anna no. is kind of a genius. <laughs> she would never admit it. But I am spatially aware. She, very spatially. I like what your I like what your brother says. They just don't get my genius. Um, right. So, yes. <laughs> but what I do think is true. I, what I think I, our listeners might want to know is she's really well educated in education and has quite a bit of classroom experience with with even young children, but all re, all age groups of children. So. I do ask my education questions to Anna first well, now. Uh, so I, I just want people to know it's not just personal stories for us. You really have the educational background to back up some of your theories and, well, and, and create I, your own I, theories. I think Will, I think my brother is really, speaking of genius, I think he's really wise. Um, they, yeah. they just don't get my genius. You know, you're, the way you perceive the world is extremely personal and unique. And, and it's meant to be that way. We're designed that way on purpose. So when a, yeah. a student in my case or a child or my daughter or son comes to me and they, they're different than I am, that is so obvious it's going to be true from the moment they're born. And then when they're extremely different, that becomes a new kind of challenge. But there's always a strength that goes with it. And, um, and for Will, there's an, an intense love of story. He struggles to write with a pencil in his hand to this day, but technology compensates. He can keyboard with the best of them and, and he can talk to his computer now and it understands him. So, um, yeah, you know, I, and I he, still, he engages with story so well and people. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to give us a little direction now because we could go on about yeah. your brother forever and your sister and all, all my grandchildren. I mean, we could just stay parked there and, Maybe our listeners want something a little more. So what I want to talk about, besides dyslexia and that creative wiring that we want to look for in children, I want to bring a couple of other things into it. I want to talk a little bit about uh, perseverance. I'm going to give you a great definition for that. 
And then I want to spend a little time on field guides because what we're doing is talking about different ways you can present reading to children so that they learn to adore books and love reading, no matter what background they come from, no matter what their predisposition is. So, uh, and I want to talk a little bit about condemnation and I don't want to throw in too much of this, but shame-based parenting is something that we want to be really careful when we are encouraging children to read that we're not uh, discouraging them by, by, you know, the Bible talks about blessing and cursing. Cursing is when you say something like, oh, you'll never get this. You'll never be able to read. Well, of course, no parent is going to do that. Most good parents and anybody listening in to this programming is going to be looking for ways to really say positive things to their children. So that's what we want to focus on. Can I give the definition of perseverance that you and I love? But just real quick, back to the shame-based parenting thing. Sometimes yeah. even fabulous parents, uh, because of the way we were raised or because of who we've been yeah. around or school or work, you, if you hear something enough, you pick up a habit. So you can want good things for your kids, and you, but you get in the habit of, because you're hearing something, of saying something. And so if, yeah. if we call it to light on this show, even just for a second like you just did, it may free some people to go, oh, wait, I have that habit. That is not my heart for my child, but I have a habit of that, and I'm going to drop it. Yeah. So, yeah perseverance. Oh, I want to hear great. your definition of perseverance. Okay, so this is the one I came up with for the show. Perseverance, open-minded and trusting in future success in spite of current negative experiences. And then I put in parentheses, not wilted. Okay, I and, love and the I not think, wilted part. Yeah, because I think condemnation, reminds, yeah. condemnation kind of has that ha self-condemnation. Oh, I can't do this. That's uh -huh. what I think of when I think of wilted. Yes, and, and there's a body language accountant that goes with it at the barn because you're smaller than the horses, but you're in authority over them. Just like we're meant to be in authority over our own spirits and our own minds and our own hearts, being self-disciplined and listening to God's spirit. At the barn, we were always told as young people to put our shoulders back, to stick our chests out, to lift our heads, and to come at a horse with like we meant it, to take firm steps and have a presence. Aww. And that's how I think about not being wilted. It's holding yourself in a way that's open and, and willing to be available and in charge of your own spirit. <laughs> I love that wow. I wilted as being a part of perseverance. You know what I find interesting on that is I do persevere through a lot of fear personally. And when because people know my personality, they think I'm just bold and brave by nature. And that is actually opposite of true. So I do think there's something to sticking your chest out, putting your shoulders back and stepping into what makes you afraid, even as a parent or an adult. On it, we've got one minute left. No! I wonder when we come back. I know. Guides. Okay, field guides, but I want to say this from Julie Andrews of all people. Perseverance oh. is, I know, perseverance is failing 19 times and succeeding the 20th. Isn't that a great quote? I love, I can hear her voice when you quote that because she has such, you can, she's just has, is such a phenomenal actress. I know. Okay, so before we go, don't forget if you're driving, we're going to go to the break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk some more about dyslexia and field guides, and I have a great quote from Henry Winkler, and I think Anna may be bringing us one from somebody special. So don't don't hang up. Don't, don't quit with us. Stay with us. 
And know this, you can find all this stuff at Kathy, C-A-T-H-Y, Crafty, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com, where we speak truth with a Texas twang. We'll put all this online for you, so don't have a wreck if you're listening. Don't fall off your bike or trip over the sidewalk if you're walking or riding. Just stay with us, and when we come back, we'll talk some more about all these great subjects. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations. Life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then the well, the art of drawing out authentic conversations, explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? (laughs) Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home, where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. on shrimp and catfish and mammy's good gumbo. I got that rambling fever, said goodbye to Hey there, we're talking about dyslexia and honestly, it's to launch into, I probably won't get a word in edgewise when we start talking about field guides, but so before, before you, I turn you loose, my sweet Anna, I'm going to give our listeners, if you're listening in because your child is dyslexic, I want to encourage you. Jay Leno, uh, John Grisham, I've been told they're dyslexic. I pulled two really amazing guys. Henry Winkler. Think about what a storyteller and actor he is. Here's what he said. I didn't read a book until I was 31 years old when I was diagnosed with dyslexia. Books terrified me. They made me nervous. Now I know. Now I know you can travel to the bottom of the ocean or to outer space or anywhere in between without leaving your armchair. And I'm so, so sorry. I couldn't read when I was younger. 
So if you're a mom of a dyslexic kid, that's got to encourage you. And then I found this one on, and you know how much I love Andre Crouch. If you're a young person and you don't know his music, I encourage you to look it up. I'll put it in the, I'll find something of his and put it in a link in the blog. But um, he said, I love this. I have dyslexia and I never did learn to read music. And I even had a problem in reading because everything was turned upside down. So I just had to draw from the lyrics and the voice that I would hear in my head. Andre Crouch. Now that encouraged me, sweetie, because um, what an amazing ministry that man who I never met has had in my life all these years. And here he was dyslexic. I didn't even know it till I started looking for quotes for today's show. I think you brought us a quote from one of your favorite sources. Let's hear yours. Okay, so this is um, from This Is My Father's World, which is a hymn that I just love. It goes in my head, and it actually reminds me of your mom, my Meemaw, because it talks about nature and rocks and trees. And she was a geologist, and she didn't ever, she didn't profess faith until kind of the last few years of her life where she started talking about Jesus and heaven and and so I never got to ask her her favorite hymn, but this is the one that I, when I sing, I think of her. And one of the lines I just love is, he shines in all that's fair. In the rustling grass, I hear him pass. He speaks to me everywhere. And, oh. and it's so true. Like my husband walks outside. He'll call me when he sees something natural and natural beauty. And it's a matter of faith to him. Like he's present with God when he sees a gorgeous sunset. And my kids who even can't read yet, We've been sending them to our field guides, and so that's why that quote to me ties into our topic because sweet Beth, like when you were trying to motivate them to learn to swim, you had all those shells for them, and they had to swim across the pool and get the (laughs) shell and bring it back, and then you would let them look through the book and find the picture, and for kids who you're trying to engage them with what God made or they have a natural propensity to love outside – and then they're, they're learning to read, but they're struggling. A field guide has pictures. So you can learn about a reference book. You can learn about an index. But you can just flip through oh, yeah. and find the right picture and then only read painfully every word, persevere through, just the part that you need. It's very rewarding to me. You know what I like and, about field guides? Oh, sorry. Am I interrupting you? I was going to say, and mine come from the 50s and 60s, which I think makes them even more fun because they're tied to history. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Yes. Some of my favorite field guides are the, by that famous artist, I'm going to go blank, the Louisiana guy. I don't know which one that is. Oh, you know oh, so many artists. But... Go ahead. Well, they have whole books of nothing but his art to designate all the birds that he he drew. Um, I'll think of it here in a minute. But so I have collections of field guides. Just if you're listening in, I want you to know this. My dad loved them and my mother did, too. And they collect if they went to the beach, they bought a field guide for shells or they bought a field guide for birds if they were in some part of the, you know, the Midwest or whatever or Canada. And so we have we have stacks of them and I keep them on a big tray on a low coffee table. This is a family tradition. My grandfather had a beautiful bird book by, oh, he, his name almost came to me. Audubon. <laughs> the artist, Audubon, Audubon, duh. Oh gosh, I, I can't believe I forgot that of all things. Well, well anyway, I don't know where Audubon uh, yeah, was t- from, but he, I know exactly which book you're having. You were talking about because I have it because you gave it to me. 
<laughs> yeah, you were you were the child I thought would most appreciate that one. I couldn't wait to give it to you, really. He, I think he was from England, but I'd have to check that. Uh, maybe I'll do a little research when I listen in to when I transcribe this podcast to make create the blog. I'll try to give you a link for that for our listeners, so it'll be easy for them to find. I'll write it down so I don't forget his name again. <laughs> I can't believe but I did that. But he was an explorer, and he was painting birds out in nature that that no one even like some of them. I think he was the first one to ever record an image of them. Yeah, and got to name them. I think. Well, so what I love about that is now we're talking not only dyslexia, but some introvert, introvert too. Most people know that if they listen to us, they probably can figure out you and I tend to be extroverts. Most, most people may not realize that when you're extrovert, you also need time alone because so many times people who are extroverted or like we are, are very, very creative people as well. And creativity does require downtime, alone time. Um, so I really relate to my introvert friends. Sometimes I don't know what I am. It's very confusing. <laughs> when you don't even know what you are. But um, anyway, so because I do love to write. And so many of my writing friends are my author friends. They are true introverts and they know it. So Anyway, what I like about field guides is you can really bring together a big segment of your family, the kids that are struggling to learn to read, the kids that love to read, the kids that love science, any adults, whether they're extrovert or introvert, really doesn't matter. If, if you have a collection of field guides on your coffee table, there'll be something there that everyone is interested in. So that's just and another way to encourage reading. You can encourage writing, too, which is a gateway to reading. Kids love, ah. it's so successful when they make something themselves and it, it allows them ownership. Do you remember all those hours I spent in junior high and high school with my sketchbook out on my bike? I tied a string to it. It was so dorky and hung it around my neck so I didn't have to hold it so I wouldn't crash. <laughs> and I had my pen attached. And I would ride all over out there where we lived and I would find something I was interested in. I would draw it and then I would go back and I would find it and I would write in there. And I made, it was like a sketchbook that turned into a little field guide of things I was interested in of local uh, nature uh, and it was part of how wow. I learned to draw and how to draw from life and you know what I'm of being I'm by myself doing that I don't even remember that at all Anna that is a huge blank how old were you when you were doing that you must have been old uh, enough to ride well, your bike we moved out there when I was about 10 probably we had a baby at home and I needed to get out of the house and I needed me to <laughs> stop talking at you so you could put will down for a nap I was probably 11 or 12 when I started because it was junior wow. high and early high school but well, I'm that would explain at, why you know, I that would explain husband, why I have a big mental blank there <laughs> yes when you had a new baby my husband yeah. who loves to read and is very has a good vocabulary but he's also very introverted um he loves to put together in his childhood he loved models and that oh. is another kind of gateway into reading and instructions and sequential thinking. And I'm, of course, I, I didn't put together World War II airplanes growing up, but I love to sew. So I have my grandparents. This one's called Adventure Book of Needlework. And the wonderful thing about oh. instruction manuals or how-to books is a lot like field guides. They have pictures and they go in an order. And there, it's just a little bit more help to infer the information as you're learning to read and what letters do and you're having to sound out every word. Also, how to draw books are that way. 
they have some words ah. or how to build my, my son has a how to build paper airplanes book. It has some words, but a lot of it is pictures. I love that. And it feels so grown up when you're a little kid and you see a book that's how to make a paper airplane. That's going to feel a lot more grown up than, you know, hop on pop or whatever. Those books that you're struggling to read. I do too. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> nothing bad about that. But I'm just saying as a little kid, I knew those were the, the easy readers. Like we had yeah. Jane sits here or whatever. I don't even remember Jack and Jill or something. The story uh, when I was wasn't a kid. engaging. Those stories yeah. are not engaging. There was success in overcoming the challenge and getting to the next level, but but the story wasn't engaging. Whereas if you have a how-to book, you end up creating something and it just engages your brain in a different way. Another thing I love for kids who are learning to read and as an art teacher and maybe or maybe not struggling with forming letters and understanding the sounds and all that is um, making letters into art. You know, oh. kids are in love with their name and the fact that they can spell their name. So in front of me, I have oh. a book. It was mine in childhood of how to cal- calligraphy. And with calligraphy, it shows you every single line of every letter because the order you make the lines in is very important to the shape of the letters and the unique style of the calligraphy. So every line is numbered and in order. And calligraphy comes, if you buy a set, it has a specific kind of paper with all the lines written out for you. And you're actually supposed to put that paper underneath your calligraphy paper so that you can see the lines through and and write on top of it. So it's a fun art form for kids who are learning how to read and to make art. I mean, if you're going to persevere through a challenge, it's wonderful to have something beautiful when you're done, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, Anna, we have two minutes, and I'm going to sum this up. But okay. don't let me forget, I want to do some calligraphy, calligraphy with our baby grandchildren, so the little ones. So don't let me forget that that's something yeah. you and I want to do together. I mean, that would be so fun. Okay, so here's the message. I hope Anna and I accomplished this today. If you're listening in because maybe like us, your family just loves field guides and you want to know what do we do with them. Believe me, everything you could think of, we do because we <laughs> love them. We carry them everywhere. Anna ties her, uh, and I didn't even know this, but apparently she even ties books around her neck, especially sketchbooks, <laughs> since she was a child. So who knew that? I learned something today in this episode, too. But here's what I want you to remember. Your child is wired creatively, but not wrongly. <laughs> God has a purpose for that child. And if it turns out he gets or she gets diagnosed, d- dyslexic at school, let me just tell you, you should really pinch yourself to be so happy that you have that kind of a creative kid. There are so many, many, many successful actors, writers, creative people that we all admire who persevered and overcame dyslexia to contribute what God designed them to contribute to our world. So you just get to be the coach in that process that God has already prepared for your beautiful child, your very special, unique child. So that would be the message for me on it. You have about 30 seconds. You want to add anything? Buy more books. That leads me right into what I wanted to say, which is don't forget to check out the books we've put out now. Marriage Conversations (laughs) from Cherish to Coexist, from Coexisting to Cherish. Sorry, I got that backwards. And The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations. We love including you in our conversation. Don't forget to go to KathyCrafty.com where we speak truth with a Texas twang. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. 
Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week.